0: Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And now let's join our guest speaker. Praise you guys stand to your feet. I'm sorry. They they make you sit down. I want you to stand up. but uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, we're just going to pray. Um, just press in a little bit more. Uh, dear Lord, we just thank you. Heavenly Father, we just know that your name is above all names. Um we just honor you in this season. Um, we just praise and worship you. We realize that um, Christmas can be a joyous time for many, but for some it may be difficult uh, because they may be missing loved ones or may not be able to uh, do the things that the world say that they should be do, doing as far as financially giving a bunch of gifts. But, uh, well, we know the true meaning of Christmas, and it is in you, and so. We don't get depressed or we don't allow the enemy to attack us in that way. Um, but we believe your word and stand on your word. And you are the reason for this season. And you are all the gift that we ever need. And your gift is eternal. Um, what we may get from others um, is just temporal. It may break uh, the next day after Christmas. But uh, what you give us. He's et- is eternal, and so we're so grateful and thankful and are reminded of your eternal gifts that you give us uh, that are weighty and that give us life and strength and health so we just thank you on today and we bless you in jesus name we pray amen amen amen, amen. you guys may take your seats um uh my mic is going is is it me? Is it where it is, or you're good is it going you're good? I don't need this what do I need <laughs> He said I don't need this all right good <laughs> all right yeah, at any point, if you don't hear me, um that may be a good thing, so we won't say anything just <laughs> no, I'm just kidding uh, praise the Lord. Uh, today we're gonna. Th- the uh, title of my message is regifting, <laughs> and uh, we're gonna start with a video. So if we could show this quick video snippet, um, it's from an episode? Yeah, there we go. Seinfeld, I, I love Seinfeld. Um, but yeah, so I think I looked up online and I think that they said that regifting, uh the term was started by that episode. I don't know if that's true or not, but <laughs> um, but yeah, so uh, we're going to, our focus for today is James one seventeen. It says, every good gift, every good gift and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. So every good gift and every perfect gift is from above. Um, So you can raise your hands. I won't judge. How many of you have ever regifted? All right. Some of you. Some of you are not telling the truth, I know, but uh, it's okay. (laughs) All right. Uh, We usually regift things we don't want or don't need. uh, Regifting uh, may save us time, so if we have something that we got from someone else that we really can't use, um, but we know we may know someone else who could use that. It may save us time in having to go shopping for that item. I can say I can just repackage this and give it to them. The uh, gift may save you money, so it saves you from having to go out and buy something. If someone gave you something that you know someone else could possibly use, then you could uh, save you some money in having to buy that same thing. Um, the top 10 re-gifted items, according to uh, the thestreet.com, which is a website. Um, number 10, what do you guys think? Candles. Yeah, that, that makes sense, right? Yeah, I understand it. Number 9, picture frames. Yeah, I don't know who gives the gift of picture frames, but um, maybe if I had my picture in it, then it might be a good gift, oh. but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh number eight gift baskets yeah that makes sense number seven i don't know if i re-gift this or not but perfume you really have to know the person to know if they like the certain scent that's not something i would normally give as a gift but uh number six is funny Fruit cake. <laughs> You know they're saying that there's only one fruitcake and it's just getting passed around. I personally like fruitcake, uh, but uh, <laughs> that one fruitcake is going around the world several several times. Uh, number five, wine or alcohol in general, so alcohol, beverage, um, alcohol in general. So yeah, especially if you don't drink, then that's something you could give to someone else. Uh, number four, cookbooks. Yeah, I don't know. That's one of those personal things, you know, you have to know the person to know if that's something they would like or not. Number three, bath soaps. Again, I think that fits in the vein of perfume. I would really have to know the person to give them bath soaps. So then I hope they would use it and not just say, I can't use it and give it give it to someone else. My wife loves bath and body work, so she wouldn't mind that she would I know I would know her scents. I would give her some bath soaps. Uh number two, books. I guess. (laughs) And number one, wait a minute, before you post number one, what do you think number one is? Just yell, money. Ha, I don't re-gift money, I'm keeping that. (laughs) Any ideas? What? Coffee mugs, that's a good one. It's not that, that is good though. Number one is, yeah, yeah, I don't know. (laughs) I don't know if I'm re-gifting pajamas, but that's what they said was number one. So that was the top ten uh, re-gifted items, uh, according to this website. Uh, gifts, so re-gifting means, one, that you have to receive the gift, because you have to accept the gift to be actually have to, one, then give it to someone else. And we have been given gifts by God. Um, and some of them he wants us to use. So that it they shouldn't be regifted, and then some of us he definitely wants us to re-gift, uh, meaning that he gives it to the gives it to us to then also give to other people. Um, so gifts to be used uh, those would be the Holy Spirit, he gives us the Holy Spirit to use him, not to just give it to someone else. I don't think you can give the Holy Spirit to someone else uh, but you have the Holy Spirit and he gives you spiritual gifts to use. Um, prophecy, serving, teaching, exhortation, giving, leadership, mercy. Uh, those are in Romans 12:6 through 8. And let's read that. Um, Romans 12:6 through 8 says, Having been gifts differing according to the grace that is given to us, let us use them. Not give them away, but let us use them. If prophecy, let us prophesy in proportion to our faith, our ministry. Uh, let us use it. Or ministry, let us use it in our ministry, let us use it again. He who teaches in teaching, he who exhorts and exhortation, he who gives with liberality, he who leaves with diligence, he who shows mercy with cheerfulness. So these are gifts he wants us to use. Same as the gifts that the Holy Spirit gives us in 1 Corinthians 12, 8 through 10. He gives us words of wisdom, word of knowledge, faith. Uh, gifts of healing, miracle, prophecy, again, distinguishing between spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues. Those are gifts he wants us to use, not to take and give to someone else, but to use within the body. Uh, Ephesians 4:11 said he himself gave some to be he gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers. For this is how he wants you to use it for the equipment of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So those are gifts he wants us to use. And there are many other gifts he wants us to use, um, but those specifically are the gifts that are not to be re-gifted. i not saying that many any of you are trying to re-gift those, uh, but he definitely wants us to use those for the body of Christ. Um, but let's get into the steps of re-gifting is one you must first receive the gift. Well, one, one you must one must first give you a gift. And once they give you the gift, then you too must receive that gift. And then after receiving that gift, then you give it away. You re-gift. Um, so what are, well, we're going to go through a few, and I could have probably done a message on each one of them separately. Um, but we're going to... Have, uh, I think, five, one, two, three. Uh, let's see, four, five, six, uh, well, I got seven. All right, there's seven gifts. We might not go through all of them. We'll see. Seven gifts that I think, and you can, and this is not an exhaustive list by no means whatsoever. You can probably add things that the Lord has given you that He also wants you specifically to give to other people. But there are seven gifts that we're going to go over that he wants you to give to others. So number one, the first one is grace. Grace. God gives you grace and then he wants you to give grace to others. All right. God's unmerited favor uh and a acrostic for grace is God's riches at Christ's expense. God's riches at Christ's expense, grace, God's unmerited favor. First Timothy one, eight and nine says, therefore, do not be ashamed of the testimony of the Lord, nor of me, his prisoner, but share with me in the sufferings for the gospel. According to the power of God, who has saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began. So he gave us this grace. James 4, six says. But he gives more grace. Therefore he says. Uh, God resists the proud. But gives grace to the humble. So. And then 2 Peter one two says. Grace and peace be multiplied. So he, he's given us a lot of grace. Uh, and because he's given us so much grace. He also wants you to take that grace. And then give it to other people. Uh, we are called to offer grace to others and not because of who they are or what they've done. If grace was based on merit or self-worth, it wouldn't be grace. We are called to offer grace because no debt owed to us compares to the insurmountable debt of sin forgiven by the death of Jesus. There is no wrong someone could ever commit against us. That could not compare to the amount of unmerited favor that we receive. Now I want you to hear that, because that, that hits hard because we could be wronged. We could feel like, you know, my feelings are hurt and I'm not talking or I'm not doing whatever and I'm not I've ex this person out of my life and I'm not going there. But it says there is no wrong someone could ever commit against us or me. Let's take it personal. There is no wrong that someone could ever commit against me that could compare to the amount of unmerited favor I have received. And if I believe that. Then I got to give grace. It's not easy. It may be difficult. It may be something you got to work through, (laughs) but I got to give grace. There's no amount of wrong. That someone could do because I didn't deserve all the grace that God has given to me. Grace, number two, forgiveness. Which kind of lines up with grace. But grace can, you can, um, grace and forgiveness are different in that you can give grace, um, not necessarily because someone has wronged you. Of course, you want to, that, that's the area we, you know, we extend grace into. But you, you extend grace to, you just extend grace. Um, whether they wronged you, whether you feel like you were slighted, whether it's not necessarily, it could, it could be, uh, positive. I'm extending grace because, you know, in this area, because it's, I need, I need help in this area. Uh, and I'm extending grace, um, grace because, you know, it's not necessarily a sin against me, but maybe I'm frustrated. And maybe this frustration, I need to extend grace so that, you know. I'm not frustrated as much or i'm i mean, need I'm needing to get over that in my life, and so I'm going to stand in grace, but forgiveness is when someone asks you forgive to do uh forgiveness, yeah, so the second one is forgiveness forgiveness when someone asks you to forgive, do so graciously and without correction mm-hmm. or without additions to that forgiveness. well, I forgive you, but then you also need to do this. <laughs> Uh, Matthew six fourteen and 15 says for, if you forgive others, their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. That's deep y'all. <laughs> so what you're saying, Lord, is that if I don't forgive other people, then you're not going to forgive me. And so that makes it even more important that I have the gift of forgiveness that he's given me. And he definitely wants me to use that and re-gift that for other people to forgive them. Be quick to apologize when you make a mistake or have wronged someone else. So, again, that's the person who's asking for forgiveness to say, you know, be quick to apologize. I realize I slighted you. I apologize. But then we also have to be quick to accept that apology as a person who was possibly wrong. Um, Matthew five twenty three twenty four 24 talks about leaving your, uh, before, uh, taking of, uh, therefore, if you're presenting your offering to at the altar and you remember something you did against your brother, set your offering down and then go, uh, reconcile that with your brother. And that to me says that it had to be somewhat expedient because I'm assuming you didn't leave your, uh, offering at the altar for weeks or months or years (laughs) before you dealt with that forgiveness so you left you're like oh you know what i slighted i did something wrong i need to apologize let me go and apologize so you went and i'm going to go apologize to dave well it's important for me to apologize today but it's also important for dave to accept that apology because if not you know maybe we're, we're wrestling with this for you know several months no He's my brother in Christ, and he's going to forgive me and pray that I don't do it again and uh, turn from my way, that whatever caused the issue, and we move forward. Um, Colossians 3, 12 through 13, Therefore, as the elect of God, holy and beloved, put on tender mercies, kindness, humility, meekness, long-suffering, bearing one another and forgiving one another, if anyone has a complaint against another, even as Christ forgave you. So, you also can do sometimes. <laughs> what version is that? He <laughs> should. I have here, must do. Should do, must do. It's something that we are called to do. Um, so, we're going to re gift grace, and we're going to definitely re gift forgiveness. Uh, we're going to re gift peace. John 14 and 27 says, peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, as not to the world, not as the world gives do I give. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. And so uh, he says, peace I give to you, my peace I give to you. And then I, uh, when looking at peace, I looked at Luke 12 and fifty one fifty three, And uh, it says, you know, if you get there, turn there, Luke 12, 51, says, do you suppose that i came to give you peace on earth and i was like wait a minute <laughs> so you give me peace and then your, your question in luke twelve fifty one says do you suppose that i came to give you peace on earth i tell you not at all but rather division for from now on five in one house will be divided three against two and two against three father will be divided against son and son against father and mother against daughter and daughter against mother and mother-in-law against Everyone, <laughs> daughter-in-law. <laughs> wasn't, and daughter-in-law against mother-in-law. <laughs> no. Um, so yeah, so I was, I was like, how do we balance? Or you know, Lord, what are you saying here? So in John fourteen twenty-seven, you said, "Peace, I leave with you. Uh, my peace I give to you." But in Luke twelve fifty-one, it says, "Do you suppose that I came to give you peace?" And he says, "No, I didn't come to give you peace. Come to um, divide." And I looked, so then I, it made me go further and said, well, let me look at, you know, because sometimes what we know in our English language, the words can mean something different in the Greek or in the original language. So I looked it up, and Strong's Concordance said in both that it was fifteen, 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 which means both prosperity. So it meant the same, and I was like, where are we going? <laughs> so then I looked even further, and I looked at some commentary, and, uh, and I had an idea, uh, even after looking at Strong's Concordance. I was like, well, maybe... Uh, one is peace with Him, and then the other is peace with men. And that is so. I looked at Gill's exposition commentary, and, and and this is how I study, you guys. So when I when I'm preparing, if I have some questions, I go a little bit further, and if that doesn't satisfy, I, was like, oh, I still got some questions, then I go a little bit further. And I have all kinds of books and websites out. And then I start looking at uh, Seinfeld episodes on YouTube yeah. and it just <laughs> totally distracts me. No, but then I get back to this eventually. <laughs> um, but Gill's exposition commentary reads, To set up a temporal kingdom in great pomp and outward circumstance of tranquility, Christ came to make peace with God for men and to give the gospel of peace the spiritual and eternal peace to men, but not external peace, especially that which is not consistent with the preservation of the truth. I tell you, whatever suppositions you may have may have had or whatever notions you have entertained, I solemnly affirm that they you may depend upon it. I am not come into the world for such an account as to establish outward peace among men, but rather. Because the gospel uh, calls for, such as Matthew, as a sword, and a sword is to divide. The gospel is the sword of the spirit, which divides asunder soul and spirit, and separates man from his former principles and his former practices, and sets men apart from one another, even the nearest relationships, at the greatest uh, at the greatest distance, and though. The sin of man, the occasion of great contention, discord and division. He came to give us peace with him. But when we have peace with him, we will have discord with the world. We should be in contention with the world. We should struggle with the world because we are not of the world. We are in the world, but not of the world. And so that is why he says, I didn't come to give you peace on earth. And that is, a, that's, that's a, we have to look at this in perspective because sometimes um, the world, like I think I mentioned last time I preached where, you know, sometimes we say, why ask the question, why the good things happen to, why the bad things happen to good people. And so may, some people may even question, well, if there's a God, why isn't there peace on earth? Well, in his word, he says, I didn't come to give you peace on earth. I came to give you peace with God. And in that peace with God, is what's most important that bridges the gap for our sin that's where that grace is that's where that forgiveness lies and that peace and so then it makes more sense in that yeah he didn't come so when someone says well i don't believe there a god there's too much turmoil in the world you're right and it should be because <laughs> as a child of god he didn't come to get, bring peace to the world he came to Divide us from our old selves. But we want to give that gift of peace. (laughs) Matthew 5, 9 says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Peacemakers declares that we declare God's terms, which makes someone whole or everyone whole. And that's good. So a peacemaker means that I am declaring God's word to make you whole. I'm a peacemaker. Not that I am trying to get along with everyone, because that's what we would assume peacemaker means, is that I am declaring God's word to make you whole. That may bring about peace, <laughs> but then for some, it may bring about turmoil because they don't want to hear your message. And so. Again, you may say, well, this peace that I'm trying to bring about, some people are rejecting. And the word says that they will reject it. And we cannot be fooled to think that everyone is going to accept the peace, his declared message that we give to the world. Everyone will not accept it. And we have to know that when we know his word. And so we have to be okay that as long as I am declaring the message of Christ and declaring His goodness to make Him whole, then I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing. That is the right thing for me to do. And so I am a peacemaker. And even in peacemakers in in uh, the natural sense, uh, may go into some dangerous territories and may cause some problems in some countries because they don't want the peace. And so they may try to hurt the peacemakers. They may try to hurt the people that are come to trying to uh, heal people into like the, the the medical doctors that are coming into uh, war torn countries to help people out. You would think that that would be okay and they would give those people safe passage. But no, they don't want that peace. They want the turmoil. They want the fight. Uh, so they try to uh, block those people. And so we should be we should expect sometimes that our peace, our declaration of the gospel, may cause others to be angry. We're going to read gift joy. Joy is just that joy. <laughs> Gladness uh, leans towards uh, to be favorable, uh, to have an awareness of God's grace. I love that definition. Uh, joy is grace recognized, uh, which makes so much sense. Uh, but yeah, we'll talk about it a little bit. Uh, joy is graced recognized. Luke two ten says, The angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you the tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. This great joy is for all people. Now, whether they accept it or not, we don't know, but it is for all people. John fifteen eleven, these things I have spoken to you that my joy may remain in you. And that your joy be full. Uh, Galatians 5.22 talks about the fruit of the spirit and love, joy. Uh, First Peter 1.6-9. In this you greatly rejoice that now for a little while, if need be, you have been grieved by various trials. That the genuineness of your faith being much more precious than gold that perishes, though it is tested by fire may be found to praise honor and glory of the revelation of jesus christ whom having not seen your love though now you do not see him yet believing you rejoice with joy inexpressible and full of glory receiving the end of your faith the salvation of your souls that is the joy recognizing god's uh grace we have that joy so joy is not happiness. Happiness comes with things happening. Um, it's temporal. Your happiness, uh, if you have a teenage, teenagers, you realize happiness is very temporal. Um, <laughs> you can be happy one moment and then two minutes later, all is broken loose and say, what, what happened? I just walked out the room. <laughs> That's happiness. Um, but uh, joy is recognizing God's grace. And so when you live from a perspective of joy and that I recognize the grace of God, then your life is different. And that's why and the word says in everything, give thanks. You can meet. You can be met with trials and tribulations. Um I was talking to. My brother, his car broke down a couple of, year, a couple of month, we, months ago, weeks ago. You were traveling through Philadelphia and your car broke down and you had to stop a couple of places. Uh, but you witnessed two individuals there. And I said, um, yeah, that, so maybe those things happen. Those trials happen uh, so that you could share the gospel or the good news with uh, the tow truck driver or the person who was at the hotel. Um, so, yeah. Uh, sometimes tr- struggles will happen and that doesn't mean that you lose your joy because of that because you still even in that recognize God's grace, even in the car breaking down or even in whatever bad news that you may receive, I still have joy because I recognize God's grace in my life and what I have, I should not have and what I deserve, I have not gotten. And so I recognize his joy even in the difficult situations in my life. Even when the trials come, and they will come, and when circumstances don't uh, turn out to be the way you want them to be, I have joy because (laughs) all that I have is because of him. (laughs) All I have is in him. And when I recognize that, um, I can be thankful in everything and... You know, and that is when the world can be astonished at, wow, you know, even in the difficult times, you still have joy. You haven't lost it. (laughs) We have joy. And he wants us to share that joy with others. And in sharing that joy, we must keep our, we must maintain our joy. Um. And sharing our joy with others, we must also, because sometimes these can be encompassing. So when you're out shopping and the line is long, share your joy with the people in the line. You know, When you're at the restaurant and it's packed full and the waitress or waiter may be upset because they've been on their feet for 12, 13 hours trying to make a living, share your joy with them. Because um, they, need, they need to see that. They need to know that, hey... I know that this is not the service that I would desire, but I'm not. (laughs) My joy, my happiness is not based on whether I get my tea when I want my tea. (laughs) And I can show some grace and I can show you some joy and say, I understand that you're busy. And so that's, you know, that's okay. And I'm still going to tip you well because, yeah. Cause I don't want to look bad in, uh, in the gates. (laughs) (laughs) Always. Yeah. Somebody posted something online about, do you tip? Um, when you go pick up your order, do you tip? And I said, yeah, I still do. Um, (laughs) even picking up my order. And they said, well, you, you didn't get served. You just went in and picked up your order. I said, I, you know, I just tip just because it's, thing to do (laughs) and i don't want them to say oh he didn't tip so they spit on my food next time i don't want that so (laughs) god forbid um but yeah we we need to maintain our joy and share it with others especially during this season hope we got one more after hope i think hope yeah no we got two more hope yeah and then two more hope Uh, Romans 5, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, having been justified by faith, we have, and I love, uh, these few passages of scripture I really like because they encompass a lot of the other words that I had spoken about. Um, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through the Lord Jesus, and Jesus is one of them. I gave out my last one. (laughs) Ah! We have Jesus Christ through whom also we have access by faith into this grace in which we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Romans 15 and 13 says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing that you may abound in hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. Um, and then there's also 1 Peter 3, 13 through 15. Um, it says, And who? Is he who will harm you if you become followers of what is good. But even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you are blessed and do not be afraid of their threats nor be troubled, but sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for hope that is in you with meekness and fear. And I like this passage, because it says, you know, so if anyone asks you, be ready to give a defense for your reason for hope, because the world is hopeless. Um, they, many people are looking for something to hang their hat on as far as believing in and wanting to hope for something good. Uh, and so many people have just a, uh, a defeatist and. Apocalyptic attitude as far as the zombies are going to come and eat us and there's nearly nothing to live for <laughs> there is no hope in that <laughs> where is the hope and when they see you they may ask why do you have so much hope and in first peter three thirteen fifteen it says specifically fifteen it says always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you and give that defense with meekness and fear. So when someone asks you, why are you why do you have this joy? Why do you even have this hope? What do you, what is your hope in? My hope is in Jesus. Hope is an expectation of trust or confidence. And we can be confident in this word and confident in what he's told us that we should look forward to. And that is in, and, and my hope is in him returning and having eternal life. And so with that, I'm confident and I have joy and I have, I can give grace and I can uh, give forgiveness and I can do these things because I have a hope in him. It's not in this world. Uh, This world can let you down. This world can um, be very disappointing. Uh, And there's so many people who are disappointed by the world Um, and so many people who are disappointed by churches uh, in the world. Uh, but we must teach the truth that our hope is not just in hope itself, but our hope is in Jesus. That is why I can be confident in that. I have an expectation, a trust in the Lord. And so I will be ready to give a defense. When someone asks, why do you have this hope? <laughs> With meekness and fear. Um, next to the last one is love. We can look at First Corinthians thirteen one through three. Uh, it's very familiar. Um, though I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but have not love, I become a sounding brass and a clanging cymbal. And though I have a gift of prophecy and understanding all mysteries and knowledge, and though I have all faith, so that I could remove mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. Though I bestow all my goods to, the, to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. Commissioned the group that was around in the <laughs> 80s and 90s, a gospel group, and they had a song that says, "Love isn't love until you give it away." <laughs> um, and the lyric says, "Love isn't love till you've given it away. It's just weighted uh, to be given all bitterness erased by this men will know that you are christ's disciples nothing else can take take love's place love isn't love till you've given it away i'm not going to sing it but i have it in rotation in my uh my phone <laughs> 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 on my uh, google playlist uh, but love we have to have love and so you can do So first uh, first Corinthians 13 talks about you've been able to move mountains with your faith. You've been able to give all your money to feed the poor. But if you don't have love, it means nothing. And that's weighty because so many times people, the world can do good things. Right. There are many people who are wealthy, who give, donate lots of money to charitable organizations. And a lot of times they're doing it for the wrong reasons or to have some kind of upper hand in policy or being able to say certain things but we're doing this for love we have to have love and love when we give it away we, we can't have love and just keep it to ourselves love has to be love if, and we have to give it away matthew 5 43 48 says you have heard that it is it was said you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy But I say to you, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be the sons of your father in heaven. For he makes his son rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. For it is for it. If you love those who love you, what reward do you have? (laughs) Do not even the tax collectors do the same? It says even the the world love people who love them. That's not... You're not doing anything special if you love those people. Um, and if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the ca- tax collectors do that also? Therefore, you shall be perfect just as your father is in heaven. Is per- Your father in heaven is perfect. You know, that you know, when you have to walk walk this out <laughs> this is when it becomes real, y'all. You know, it sounds good in the Bible or on Sundays when everyone's nice and happy and you look got your nice clothes on and you smell good and you know. But and it's probably more difficult because it's rare that we engage people who really hate us. I probably I, I have a coworker I don't think he likes me but <laughs> people have said yeah, he doesn't like you Virgil you think yeah and so I was like but he, I don't think he he doesn't hate me and I I speak to him he speaks to me uh, we could be cordial with one another I don't think he hates me but it is rare in our day and time um, or maybe in our circles there may be people who hate certain sets of people so there may be people in general who hate Christians in general but you may not engage them. Uh, but it is rare for us to, on a regular basis, be confronted with people who hate us. And if we're confronted with that, the word tells us how what we're supposed to do. And and, and so I can imagine uh, in, uh, in historical times, there may have been people who you uh, years ago that you may have run up against that hated you. Um, and so but the word says we're supposed to love them. And that would have that been really hard or difficult, I, I could imagine, um back during Jim Crow as a black man, to love people who hated me and hated me in my face and, and made it very apparent. Uh, but that's what the word says. And I, I would have to apply that then and I have to apply it now for even my people who may dislike me or have a disagreement with me. Uh And this, that makes it seem so trivial. Like, this is easy. I should be able to easily get along with these people um, I don't think anyone hates me. At least I don't think so. Maybe, if you find out differently, let me know. <laughs> but, and maybe your circles are different, but I, I personally, I just had to assess. I was like, you know, I don't think I know anyone. Am I confronted with someone who hates me on a regular basis? Um, but if, if I am, here's the blueprint. So if, if this is a blueprint for people who hate me, then how much more for the people who just might dislike me because I have on a red shirt or something, you know, <laughs> I don't know <laughs> how much more uh, if this is the blueprint for the worst who, who are spitefully want to use me, who want to persecute me, who want who hate me, who want to uh, want no good for me. If this is the blueprint for those, I still have to love them. Then how much more or equal <laughs> than I should love everyone else? I'm going to love them the same, you know equal so we should uh, sometimes put those things in perspective to say you know what this is not as bad as it you know uh, this this coworker at work or this neighbor that you know that grinds your nerves or whatever this is this is nowhere near that and so i should be able to make amends and apologize and ask for forgiveness and whatever i may have done to um or stand grace or give or show them joy all of these things all of these things that we should be regifting um because if this is a blueprint for the ones we should be doing this for the people who hate us then we should definitely do it for everyone else uh and then the final thing is we need to regift Jesus John 3:16 says for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son he gave it to us that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life so we have the gift of jesus that was given to us and this is a season that we're celebrating him coming emmanuel god with us and with that gift of jesus we just don't want to keep it to ourselves right that's not for us to do it's a manner that we go out and make disciples Share the good news of the gospel. as sharing Jesus with our neighbors, with our friends, with those who hate us or dislike us. Um, it is our job as believers, as followers of Christ, to share him. Uh, to go out and re-gift Jesus. We've, we've been given that and we want to give that to others. Regifting, hopefully takes on a different connotation when it comes to the things of God and what he's giving you in your life. Like I said, this is not an exhaustive list because God has probably given you some personal things that he wants you and probably told you he wants you to give to others. He wants you to share with others. He wants you to give that love that you received or it may be monetary. It may be, you know, the new vehicle that you have. He wants you to share that and be a blessing to others and maybe pick someone up. I don't know. I'm just saying things. But um, whatever it is specific for you. Remember in this season that it doesn't always have to be a monetary gift or a or, or physical gift. Uh, but so many people would appreciate love. So many people need just to experience your joy and to know why you have hope. So many people need grace extended to them. Um, and they need an understanding, you know, and and that takes time, <laughs> it takes building relationships, it takes getting to know people. Um, but people, are, you know, uh, in my research, it, I read or heard somewhere that people um, would rather have a good meal with a friend versus a gift. And that says a lot, you know. It says hey, people want to. Um, <laughs> Build relationship, have that experience of good food um, and, you know, experience with a good friend versus just give me more stuff. And so that's important to remember that. So give the gift of a good meal. And I'm available on um, Monday. (laughs) And I know good restaurants. That's some new ones. No, I'm just kidding. But uh, but yeah, give these gifts. That keep giving, give that family member that you know that you wanted to share the gospel with, but you haven't found the time or you've been busy all year. And maybe this is an opportunity to, hey, hey, let's let's go grab some lunch and let me kind of share with you. That's to get, you know, (laughs) that person would appreciate that a lifetime that you took the time to sit down with them share the gospel, experience life with them, hear them out, talk with them, get to know where they are. Um you know, that's that's better than a gift card to Walmart. I think so. <laughs> but let's re gift these gifts this season. Let's think about what we can give others besides going out shopping and spending money. With that in mind though, we do have that gift box out there that we want to fill. <laughs> We do want to fill up for Miriam's house, and we'll extend it until next Sunday. Uh, So, if there's any items that you do want to give, uh, personal items, uh, personal hygiene items for women, um, but then also canned goods, uh, non-perishable goods, would be great. We don't we want to give you an opportunity to fill that up. So, don't forget. Hopefully, we'll send out a reminder, and that you can. Go to the store on your way here next Sunday because that's what probably happens. But but this week, if you're out shopping or out and about, remember to pick up some items for uh, the women at Miriam's House so we can give that to them. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com. Contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make His face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up His countenance on you and give you peace.